The wellness revolution starts now. Welcome to the program. I'm Dr. Don Ellsworth, and today we're going to be talking about sleep apnea, which is far more common and significant than most people give credit to. And if you're unfamiliar with this, I think you'll learn a lot. If you think you know a lot about sleep apnea, I'm very confident that I'm going to be discussing some ideas that are new to you. So I look forward to speaking with you about that. Sleep apnea is simply when your body is not moving air at night like it should. You know, when you go to sleep, you're relying on your brain to continue telling your diaphragm to move in and out so that air is moving. You're also relying on your airway to stay stable. And one thing about laying down and relaxing is everything relaxes, and that includes the airway, which can potentially block your ear. And so when people say sleep apnea, they're referring to either obstructive sleep apnea, where the air is being blocked, typically by the tongue moving back and the, the, the pharynx getting a little floppy, or they're talking about central apnea, which is a bit less common, where the brain isn't sending the signal to move in and out, for, to breathe. Now, sleep apnea is something that most people don't think about unless it's really obvious. And what I mean by obvious is, you know, if you're waking up gasping for air, if, you're, um, you know, if your spouse goes, man, you just have all sorts of trouble breathing at night. I hear you gasping. I hear you not breathe for a while. I really, boy, it really makes me nervous. You have sleep apnea. If you're getting that kind of feedback, you know there's something going on. And we'll talk about what you can do. But more subtle things to think about is what if you've just got your blood pressure going up? That could be sleep apnea. What if you're a little foggy in your thinking? That could be sleep apnea. What if you're having some issues with, gosh, my energy level is just not great. Well, that could be sleep apnea, even more so if you're also having trouble with kind of being sleepy during the day in a weird way, like you know, if I just sit down for a while and I don't do anything, I start falling asleep. Boy, that is very suggestive that you have trouble getting good sleep at night. And a common cause of that is sleep apnea. And boy, if you ever fall asleep at, at, when you're at, at a, uh, a signal while you're driving, well, you really want to assume you have sleep apnea and get that checked out. But I've noticed that these more subtle things like your blood pressure going up, most people never even think about sleep apnea. Or if their energy level is not great, they tend to not think about it. But depression, that could be sleep apnea. Um, irritability, well, we all know if we don't get a good night's sleep, we're kind of irritable. Well, just imagine if every night, whether you think you're getting a good night's sleep or not, if you're really deprived of sleep, then you're going to be irritable. And all these things can occur because if you're having sleep apnea, you never really get into those deep stages of sleep. Or if you do, you're getting awakened out of those. Because if you think about it, if you're choking because you're not moving air, your body's going to get very unhappy and you'll start moving around. You'll become restless. Your brain starts waking up and basically your, your brain's trying to protect you from not getting enough oxygen. But you need to be able to sleep at night. So we at the Hotel Health and Wellness Center have been doing testing on folks for sleep apnea and finding that 
it's much more common than people do think and treating it is incredibly rewarding. For example, I've seen folks who've been exhausted and have not had good energy for years, wonderful energy now. I've seen folks who can't think clearly and they're thinking clearly for the first time in years. I've seen folks who've had their their blood pressure's been really hard to control. And some of these folks were in multiple medications. Their problem was sleep apnea. And when they had their sleep apnea treated, their blood pressure dropped. And by the way, you can have multiple reasons for having your blood pressure elevated. And so it may be you still need blood pressure medications, but much less of them when you actually treat sleep apnea. Why do you want to treat sleep apnea? Well, one reason is what we just talked about, but also untreated sleep apnea increases your risk of dementia. It's a major risk factor. Another reason would be if you don't treat your sleep apnea, you're at high risk for heart disease and abnormal heartbeats. If you can imagine if when you're not moving your air at night, you're, you're getting low in oxygen and you're starting to strain and that puts a lot of stress on your cardiovascular system. So you really don't want to just say, well, I have some sleep apnea, but I think I'm just going to live with it. You really want to look into this. Now I've noticed that most people, when you say, let's look into sleep apnea, they, there's a little bit of pushback. And one of the reasons for the pushback is people are thinking, well, I've heard that you have to spend the night somewhere and get a sleep study done. Well, the good news is, is today you can get a high quality sleep study done at home. There's even some alternative ways of testing that don't even involve a formal sleep study. One device that I have no financial interest in, but I think is a very interesting product. It's called the WellU O2 ring that goes on your thumb. You can actually buy this online at Walmart and it runs about $150 and it syncs with your phone and it actually gives you a score showing how well you're sleeping at night. An ideal score would be close to 10. And generally, if you're getting in the upper nines, then you can be fairly confident that you don't have a significant issue with sleep apnea. Conversely, if you're getting scores that are lower, like in the eights or certainly the sevens, and you can actually see in a graph that when you desaturate, how far down it's getting, and it'll show you your lowest oxygen saturation. If you're getting lower scores, then you know there's a problem. And from the COVID era, you probably remember that you don't want to have your oxygen saturation below 90%. And so if you're desaturating, oh, just occasionally down to 89 or 88, that's not a big deal. But some folks with significant sleep apnea will get down into the 80s and 70s. I mean, very, very low, and they have no idea that that's happening. So you can use that simple device. And these home sleep studies that you can also just wear something for a couple of nights can give you some accurate information about whether you have sleep apnea. And then it comes down to, well, what, what do you do about it if there is sleep apnea? It really depends on how, how severe it is and how much it's causing problems. First of all, you want to do some lifestyle changes. If it's mild, you can often resolve it just with that. Now, one of the simpler lifestyle changes is to avoid sedatives and alcohol um, it's well known that too much alcohol or sedatives will tend to make you more prone to have trouble breathing at night. Weight loss, of course, helps a lot. And sleeping on the back tends to be the position that's the worst for breathing because the airway tends to flop and block the airway. Whereas if you sleep on the side, you have the advantage of that not happening as much. You know, one of the old timey treatments for that is to just do something that keeps you from laying on your back comfortably. They actually sell backpacks you can wear 
that are designed to kind of make a bulge in the middle of your back so that it's not comfortable to sleep on your back. And so you'll automatically sleep on your side. And if you should roll over, it tends to prompt you to roll back over on your side. I mean, it doesn't get much simpler than that. And that often does work. Um, other issues that can help and a bit controversial, some people put tape over their mouth. And the idea there is if you have your mouth shut rather than opening, and by the way, when you have sleep apnea, you tend to become somewhat of a mouth breather. And if you have allergies, all the more so. And if you keep your mouth closed, that tends tends to keep the airway in a better posture. So it stays open, the airway stays open. Whereas when you drop your jaw, it tends to cause more of an obstruction. So just these simple measures, um, and I say it's controversial. Some people think it's not a good idea to have something over your mouth, but the medical tape that you have, it's actually quite safe for an adult to wear that. I don't think I'd do this with a child, but it's something that you can use quite effectively. And one reason why I like to bring that up is that it also can be used if somebody is using CPAP, which is typically needed for moderate to severe sleep apnea. The CPAP machines, you probably all heard of people using those. And there are other options to that. That's not the only treatment. And by and one reason I want to stress that is I've also noticed that some people, when they think of sleep apnea, because they don't want to use the CPAP machine, they don't want to go down the road of evaluating for sleep apnea. There are really a lot of options. What are the other options? Well, you can do things like see a dentist and get a mouthpiece made. These oral appliances can keep the airway open and that can often work well. Now, CPAP is probably the most effective treatment for those who have sleep apnea, but you can absolutely get good results by using these oral appliances. And a newer treatment that I've been actually just, I'm not as familiar with this because I haven't worked with as many therapists using it, but myofunctional therapy is a newer technique that is out there that can be used to retrain the airway, the, the mouth to work more effectively. And there are actually people who will give you exercises and have you work with it, do the exercise, and then they'll see how you're doing. They'll do some more exercises. And just doing that can actually relieve the sleep apnea. And I find that to be remarkable. And another technique that dentists are using that is related to this are some spacers that can actually slowly enlarge the mouth so that there's a better airway. You may or may not know that over time, because of our diet being softer and more processed, we actually don't have as many healthy jaws as we used to have. Um, generally, when you're eating harder, less processed foods, the people have a, a more a larger airway in their mouth. They tend to have jaws that are more developed and we don't have as much of that today because we have so much processed food and junk, but there are some things you can do to improve your airway. Working with a good dentist who's had training in this area, I wanted to show you an interesting device I ran across that I've had some good results with. This works best for mild apnea. This is called the Excite OSA. And this little device has a mouthpiece that goes in the mouth and you wear it for about 20 minutes a day while you're awake. You don't wear anything at night while you're asleep. And that's a kind of a nice concept because a lot of people are thinking, you know, the last thing I want to do is have to mess with putting something over my face or in my mouth when I'm trying to sleep. 
Well, this device you wear for 20 minutes a day, daily, typically for about six weeks, then two, three, four times a week thereafter. I've actually used this. This actually is, is easy to use. It syncs with your phone. And what it's doing is sending a little electronic signal. Have you ever used a TENS unit? You know, the little zap sensations that you get? It's the same thing, but you're feeling it in your mouth. And you can adjust it so that it's not, you know, so intense that it's uncomfortable, but you're feeling it. You want to you want to develop those muscles and get them stronger. And this is actually something that those with mild apnea get very good results with. Now, in the United States, it's only approved for mild apnea. In Europe, they'll actually use it for moderate apnea as well. And they actually score it mild, moderate, or severe, as you can probably imagine, and that's based on how many times you have trouble breathing at night. But this device can definitely help mild apnea and might even help those with those that are just into the moderate zone. But another interesting tool, well, let me say a little bit about the CPAP machines. CPAP is a lot easier to use than it used to be. It's very quiet. A lot of the machines today can actually figure out the pressure that's needed without a doctor actually setting it, which makes it more almost plug and play because you just turn it on and you can select options like ramp functions so that it'll slowly increase the pressure so that as you're drifting off, going to sleep, it's a very mild pressure and it starts increasing it a little bit as you're sleeping. So it makes for almost a very natural process. And I've heard a lot of people say these words, I love my CPAP and they're not kidding. They love their CPAP because they find that they feel dramatically better. And after they've used it typically for a couple of few weeks, they start actually finding that they get to sleep faster using their CPAP machine and it relaxes them, which I know sounds strange, but the process of just breathing in and out, it actually tends to make people feel more relaxed. And there's a, a wide variety of different masks that people can use. And I used to think that the only option was the kind that goes all the way over the nose and the mouth, but you can actually wear masks that go over just the underside of the nose. There's some hybrids that go under the nose and over the mouth, but generally the less real estate that the mask covers on the face, the easier it is to keep on. So the ones that go under the nose are quite popular for folks who can keep their mouth closed or that maybe use some tape. I find that the um, that works well for a lot of folks. If there's, um, for example, if you have a lot of, uh, if you have a beard, obviously that can be an issue for keeping a mask on just because the facial hair is there and you can make it tighter and so it works. But if you just put something under your nose, then you're basically getting around that whole problem. And I find that these nasal pillow masks are often the favorites. And if somebody can tolerate that, that's actually a really good choice. Now, a lot of the companies that sell the CPAP machines, they, they of course also sell the masks and tubing and other things that you need, but they'll often work with you. And if you don't find that the particular mask that you have is working for you, you can change it out usually at no cost. And once you find one that works, you can just stick with it. But CPAP saves lives because when you start getting good oxygen to your brain, to your whole body, you're changing the course of your life because now you're, you're getting what you need for restful sleep. You're not dealing with this high pressure at night. 
and by the way, when there's a lack of oxygen and your blood pressure is going up, you're, you're getting more and more of your heart working harder. And that's not just the blood pressure to the whole body, the systemic system, but to the pulmonary system. There's something called pulmonary artery hypertension that is often caused by sleep apnea. And that is not a good thing to have because it makes it harder to get the blood flow to the lungs so that they can be rejuvenated with more oxygen and get rid of your CO2. So the process, that's one good option, but you can also go to a dentist and get an appliance made. And some people find that that works extremely well at keeping the airway open so that they can breathe through the night. You can do the myo. Again, I have to refer to myself, the myofunctional therapy, working with a myofunctional therapist can be be life-changing because these folks know how to work with folks and get their mouth moving. And I do know that some of the folks who do this therapy do it via Zoom so that you can actually work with somebody to improve your airway, your breathing at night, just by talking to somebody, even without using an appliance. So there's so many benefits to treating sleep apnea that... It would be a shame not to go there. And I found that the majority of folks who don't even want to try a CPAP machine perceive it to be much more difficult than it is. And um, today, if you go on YouTube and watch some videos by respiratory therapists and others who are showing how to do this, I think that would really improve your confidence and your familiarity with what they do. And I've also noticed that the devices can be arranged in such a way so that they're easier to sleep with. There's some, there's some um, accessories you can have that support the uh, airways, so the hoses that come from the CPAP machine, so that you don't get tangled in, in them as much. A lot of the masks tend to be such that they're less prone to tangling because they'll rotate around the top of the head. So they've thought of a lot of the common objections that that people have had over the years as to, well, I don't think I could wear that in sleep. And they have found that it works very well. But um, for those that use sleep apnea, treat their sleep apnea, they're more likely to have energy, lower blood pressure, good mental clarity, better moods, lower risk of things like um, not just hypertension, but coronary artery disease, congestive heart failure, abnormal heartbeats like atrial fibrillation or ventricular beats that are abnormal. And all these things, by the way, tend to increase their risk in part because as the heart is undergoing strain because of the lack of oxygen, then that that's over time that can actually change the shape of the heart. So all those benefits are something that I, I hope that everybody who thinks that they might have sleep apnea will be prompted to do some further evaluation. And again, it's so easy I would recommend that if you have any doubt at all and you're just wondering to at least start getting one of the rings that monitor your oxygen saturation at night. And I know some phones are now monitoring that as well. I think the newer iPhones may do that, but you also want to be able to interpret the results correctly. And I know that the WellU O2 ring was actually specially designed for monitoring sleep apnea. So it makes it an easy go And the home sleep studies, very easy to have done. In fact, I've even seen that you can order home sleep studies yourself and potentially get them done. But when in doubt, test and treat sleep apnea because it is one of the more life-changing things that I've seen. And I think we've been testing it regularly for about three years here at the Hotel Health and Wellness Center. 
And what I have found is that the subgroup of folks that would come to see us with some of these issues, I've or discovered that those with ongoing fatigue, boy, it's not uncommon that that was the problem for their ongoing fatigue is untreated sleep apnea or brain fog or uh, blood pressure that's hard to control. And all, so this gives us extra tools for addressing our overall health concerns. Now, who should be concerned about sleep apnea? Well, certainly the older you are and the more weight you have, the, the more overweight you may be, the more likely you are to have sleep apnea. But I do want to stress the fact that there's a lot of folks who are at their ideal body weight who actually have sleep apnea. And men tend to have more sleep apnea than women, but the difference with age becomes smaller and smaller. And there are a lot of thin women with sleep apnea. So I do want to dispel the notion that you have to be an overweight male to have sleep apnea, because I've noticed that a lot of people may not say it, but they tend to assume they can't have sleep apnea simply because of that. If you have a family history of sleep apnea, because your parents were using a CPAP machine, or you just know that they had to go to a doctor for that, all the more likely that you have an issue. And some people find that they only have an issue from time to time when they say drink alcohol. And then that makes it fairly straightforward. Drinking less or not drinking alcohol would take care of that problem. And remember those simple things you can do. You can not lie on your back. You can do things that make it so it's less comfortable to sleep on your back. And the ring I mentioned, the WellU O2 ring, has an interesting option that it'll actually vibrate on your thumb if your oxygen saturation drops below a setting that you designate. So you could set it, say, it, it, um, oh, I want it to vibrate if I'm at 90, below 90 saturation, and it'll do that for you. So with all these tools, we have some wonderful ways to address sleep apnea and I hope this is helpful for you. This is Dr. Don Ellsworth from the Hotel Health and Wellness Center. At Physicians Preference Pharmacy, we understand that the quality of your compounded medications directly affects the way you feel, which is why we believe that your pharmacy should specialize in compounding medications while also delivering extraordinary hospitality and guest service. We believe that both patients and prescribers should accept nothing less than consistency and quality from their compounding pharmacy. This is why we've implemented some of the strictest quality standards in compounding, exceeding standard requirements, achieving PCAB accreditation, which is the Pharmacy Compounding Accreditation Board, an organization that sets the highest standards in compounding pharmacy regarding the safety, cleanliness, and quality of your compounded prescriptions. Because of our commitment to complete health and wellness, we are dedicated to making your medications free of lactose, parabens, artificial sweeteners, and any unnecessary dyes, binders, or fillers present in many other medications, offering you the cleanest products possible. Information provided on this program is neither intended nor implied to be a substitute for professional medical advice and is not intended to replace the services of a physician, nor does it constitute a doctor-patient relationship. You should not use information from this radio program to diagnose or treat a health problem or disease without consulting with a qualified health care provider. If you have or suspect you have an urgent medical problem, promptly contact a professional health care provider or call 911. Dr. Hotze's Wellness Revolution Advice 
advises you to always seek the advice of a physician or other qualified health provider prior to starting any new treatment or with any questions you may have regarding a medical condition. Any application of the recommendations from this program is at the listener's discretion.